welcome to the Fill Your Soul podcast. If you're listening and in a place where you can sit safely, I invite you to take a moment to find a comfortable seat and to close your eyes. And we'll begin by taking three deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. So exhale your lungs. Inhale through your nose. Open your mouth and let it out. Inhale through your nose. Out through the mouth. One more time. Inhale. Open your mouth and really sigh it out. Ah. Coming back into your physical body, feeling your fingers and your toes. And whenever you're ready, opening your eyes and coming back to the show. Thank you so much. And that was Jack and I'm Chantel. I'm Kira. And I'm Paige. And that is a great intro for our next guest, Jack. And last episode, we talked about meeting people. And Jack was someone we met in Costa Rica last spring. And we honestly just had such a great experience meeting him and that we wanted to bring him onto the pod. So Jack, do you want to give a little bit of background um, story and just an intro? Yeah, absolutely. And so great. So great to be here with you three um wow that seems like so long ago but it was just the spring um we were on the beaches of of costa rica and i had just uh gotten back from a yoga retreat in the up in the jungles at a place called the sanctuary at two rivers a really beautiful retreat center they do yoga teacher trainings and retreats so if anyone um is exploring those in their process. Definitely check out the sanctuary at Two Rivers. And on the day that I got back, I landed in Santa Teresa, which for anyone who's been there knows it's a very happening place. There's a lot of stimulation. And it was a little much for me just coming back from the quiet of the jungle. So I took myself to the beach to do some practices and to kind of chill out and calm down and after doing a little bit of breath work and chanting to get Ganesha and Shiva to clear the obstacles for my path and open myself up to the infinite possibilities of life I walked down to the beach and closed my eyes and when I opened them there were two radiant beings standing right in front of me maybe they were walking by um but it was it was Shan and Paige and I said hey how's it going and um kind of the rest the rest is history yeah so awesome I remember that day meeting you was awesome and then I remember we talked for like three hours after that and it was really really cool hearing your story and your background and I feel like there was a lot of overlap in our travel stories and what we're passionate about uh so it was amazing to meet then but we're excited to have you on as a guest to have you share your story and our conversation um, and have a couple questions prepared, but also would love to just 
hear more about your background on that like yoga retreat, your story, um, what got you to travel to Santa Teresa and more about breath work and what that means to you. Um, and then Jack can like get into more about life coaching, um, passions, how to find that. Um, and I think this episode will be really fundamental to anyone listening on um, like all of our viewers from all different backgrounds. I'm extra excited too. I kind of feel like one of the viewers because I didn't get to meet Jack in Santa Teresa. I already headed back to New York, but I just remember hearing so much about him and I, we might've met on FaceTime a few times, maybe not. I don't know, but yeah, I'm definitely super excited to hear his story as well. Thanks Kira. It's great to officially meet you and, and to be with all of you. So a little background on myself. Um, not to go too far back, but I was very lucky to have uh, a very spiritual mother. You know, I always thought she was a Taoist or called, called her a Buddhist. I'm not sure what she would self-identify as. Um, but growing up, she always showed me that there's more to life than a lot of other external forces will try to convince us that there is, like society and school and the media. Um, and like most people, you know, I went, I graduated high school and went into college and joined the workforce shortly after that. Um, I chose a career in sales, um, always was very entrepreneurial in mindset. And I knew that in sales, you can really create your own destiny, you know, earn, earn what you're willing to, to work for. And that excited me. Um, and you know, it was a good story for uh, the first few years, but, you know, after about five, six, seven years of, you know, high pressure sales environments, a lot of the socializing and drinking that kind of go hands in hands with, with sales, I found myself burnt out, not taking great care of myself and needing to make some changes. And so I, you know, I left my sales career behind at that point. And decided to just enter into this period of self-development work and healing. You know, I was I was hurting from, uh, you know, my days of, you know, not taking great care of myself and succumbing to pressures and um, didn't know how to really deal with it. You know, how, as I think a lot of us facing similar pressures experience. And so during that time, I, you know, just started exploring all of my options. Um, I took a hard look at myself and how I was spending my time. Um, I engaged in physical practices. At the time, uh, for me, yoga was very much just a physical practice. Though over time, practicing con uh, consistently, I learned that it was so much more than that. I also got uh, exposed to life coaching and personal coaching and attribute a lot of the clarity and direction that I now have in my life to the support of the various coaches that I've had the honor and pleasure of working with. Um, I've been inspired to become a coach myself. So I am a professional coach today. Um, I'm also headed back to Santa, uh, not Santa T, but Costa Rica in January to get my yoga teacher certification. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. <clears throat> and all of this, you know, tied together, um, I think supports us 
um, you know, supports myself and thus supports the people I interface with. There's a ripple effect to all of this. Um, but by learning the practices and learning the support systems that are available to, you know, to take better care of ourselves, um, I think we can really show up in life in a, in, a, in a authentic and true way that resonates with the people that we meet. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I think, too, this episode will be helpful for people who want to learn more about what a life coach is and what that means to you and then how to find that support. Um, but like you said, like people are always trying to find like what is best for them and there's a lot of societal pressure. So I think the fact that you realized that got a coach yourself and then went on that journey, um, it'll be really cool to have you share your story of like how others could do the same, um, or how to find so a support system that could help them do that. Um, but yeah, yeah I more Jack, I remember the first thing we realized about you is that you were really great at remembering every detail about people. And I think that's something that's really important. And we talked about last episode is like when you're meeting new people to be able to listen to their story and reflect back and remember that. Um, so yeah, that's just something that resonated with us and something that like we remember. Uh, so if you want to talk a bit about like what that means to you, how you do that and like why you think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to borrow a quote from a wise woman out there in the world. She may be on this podcast right now, actually. Um, but be interested, not interesting. <laughs> and you know, what that means to me is like, you know, we we know ourselves or we're trying to, to learn about ourselves and that's cool for us. But for the people that we have the honor and privilege of interacting with, like we don't know anything about them. And I think like, exploring human connection and being curious and really learning about each other is what really drives um you know humanity to create like intimacy with each other and connection and a greater sense of community as well you know when you're traveling or in a new place or in a new environment it can often be unsettling without that sense of community and, and humanity. And so by just being curious, asking questions, um, and really actively listening, paying attention. If you hear like, oh, you know, my grandmother's name was uh, was Fran. And, you know, and then be like, oh, you know, your grandmother Fran and like invoke the name. It, it really does something for the connection and for the conversation and it, it creates a more kind of grounding experience um, for both parties involved. So, well, definitely in conversation, like the value of active, actively listening uh, cannot be overstated. Um, beyond that, you know, it leaves all of us feeling a little more seen and valued and connected, um, which is really important. You know, we, as a species, used to live in community where we knew our neighbors, took care of each other, helped each other out. And these days we're, you know, accumulating resources so that we can build up walls between each other in smaller and smaller little apartments, taller and taller. And, you know, how many of us have experienced living, sharing walls with people whose names we didn't even know? So I think the more we can kind of recognize that 
there is this deviation from our natural way of living as humans and intentionally overcome that, that separation, the more fulfilling and connected we'll feel in our lives with each other. Yeah, definitely. I remember when um, we were talking about you being a guest on this podcast and Paige and Shan were like, the one thing about Jack was that he remembers all the little things. Like we mentioned that we had a third friend that we were traveling with the month prior. And they're like, just in casual conversation, like the next time we saw him, he'd be like, oh, like, how's Kira? I just like remembered my name from the prior conversation. And I remember I was like, that is so just nice and like amazing that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's rare too. And like you said, like society is changing and there's different values that people have. And sometimes we just get sucked into that system. Um, And that's like what we also were going to talk and ask about too, is like, there's a typical nine to five job, or there's some career path that you go down. Um, And a quote that I really like, and I think about a lot is um, a lot of people feel that they get burnt out because they do too much, but sometimes and often it's because they're doing too little of the things that really matter. Um, So I know Jack, you have a large background of within your career and other like things that you have tried and done and had success with. Um, And sometimes it doesn't look like totally changing paths, but sometimes just like adding more things that fulfill you. Um, So how have you like dealt with burnout in your life? And then how has like adding things made you end up feeling more fulfilled? Because I feel like a lot of people in our society have a lot on their plate uh, that they don't think they can just scratch, but how can you add more things in so you can cope with burnout? That's such an important question, Paige. And when I was suffering from from burning out, that was one of the first things that I took a really hard look at was how was I spending my time and how fulfilling or rewarding or energizing were the things that I was spending my time I'm doing and so I kind of went into this um, data gathering mode where I would like keep track of how much time I would spend doing certain things initially without trying to change anything I was like all right just baseline how am I living my life and how 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 fulfilled am I and so I would keep track of like oh I would read for this long and go exercise for this long and sit on the couch with my roommates watching TV for this long. And then at the end of the day, I would go through and kind of like rate the level of fulfillment that each of these things did. And what I ultimately found, and I think this is probably unsurprisingly true for a lot of us, depending on where we're at, and if we're listening to the show, um, I found I was spending about 80% of my time doing things that weren't very fulfilling at all and only spending 20% of my time doing the things that actually did fulfill me and make me feel happy and make me feel like myself. So I was very fortunate to be in a position where, you know, I I left a successful sales career and had a little bit of time and and space to, you know, take the time to do this. Um, But in zooming in on that 20% of things that were fulfilling, I just took a really intentional approach to prioritize doing more of those things throughout the day. Um, Simple things like going for a walk, 
um, cooking myself a meal and not doing anything else except just eating the food and being present with it, telling somebody in my life that I love them, journaling, you know, exercising, um, <clears throat> meditation and, and yoga. Um, kind of on the other side of this process of looking at you know, how am I spending my time? Wow, I'm like wasting it on this, all of this unfulfilling garbage. So let's get rid of that. Then intentionally trying to build in the fulfilling things. Um, I kind of came up with what I call my ritualistic system of happiness, let's which hear. is, yeah, which is a series of six behaviors, all values aligned embodied behaviors that I try to do every day. Um, and if I do all of them or most of them each day, it's pretty likely I'm going to have a good day. And so I try to start each day off with a quick seated meditation. And this allows me to connect to my inner self. Um, after that, I like to go for a walk outside and connect to that, which is greater than me. Then I like to work out intensely. Um, this allows me to kind of generate a sense of accomplishment and ability and capacity to withstand, you know, challenge in my life. Um, and then I nourish and, and feed myself with a meal that I don't eat while working. I don't eat while, you know, listening to a podcast, maybe fill your soul would be the exception. Um, but I just try to, <laughs> but I just try to be present with the meal. Um, I find time throughout the day to reach out to someone who I love and just tell them, hey, I'm thinking about you and I love you and I hope you're doing well. And that helps helps me uh, cultivate that connection to the other. And then I reflect in a journal each night where I just acknowledge, you know, the day, however it went and try to come to a place of acceptance with it and honor and celebrate my willingness to live with the intentions through those rituals. Um, and that's, that's, you know, served me tremendously. It may not be the right mechanism for everyone, but I think there's something in there where when we do choose to live with a sense of intention and identify the values that resonate with our highest self, our aspirational self, and incorporate those in our, you know, daily life, it can be really transformative. Yeah, I think what you said is really powerful because I think a lot of the times we don't take responsibility and we don't reflect. And sometimes spending time alone and not having your phone or having something in the background lets you be alone with your thoughts. So I think that's a challenging thing for a lot of people to actually be able to reflect on areas that they need improvement. If you And if you catch yourself on your phone with the TV on, start there, you know, just choose one oh, or the no. other. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> no, but I think a lot of the other things too, because um, before when I was working remote, I was traveling. So I kind of had other things that we were definitely doing every day, whether it was like walking to the beach to watch the sunset or when we were in Hawaii and we finished work at 1 p.m., I kind of had the whole day to do other things that I knew I enjoyed. And now being back home in New York, I've definitely had to kind of like change my daily schedule. So I now like wake up and I make sure I walk. I try anyways, every day before work. And then after work, I either go to the gym or do like some type of physical activity, but just like 
I've started incorporating little things like that too, that I know I enjoy just because my kind of lifestyle changed as a whole um, in my day-to-day work life. Yeah. And Kira, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure, you know, you go for those walks and you may not believe it before you step out the door, but Mm -hmm. every time you come back from the walk, I'm sure you feel a hundred times better than before you left for it. Right. A hundred percent. It's definitely refreshing in the morning, especially too, before I'm going to sit from nine to five. I need a little movement. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think talking about nine to fives, I think a lot of the times people, once you start going into like adulthood and going and switching into getting a job, um, a lot of people get a placeholder job. And by that, I mean, it's like we think and we just want to like move out or like start this new chapter. So we get a job and we're like, okay, I'm going to stay here for X amount of months, um, six months tops. And then all of a sudden it's three or four years later and we're still at this job and we're feeling like that we're not passionate about it, but then now we have all these bills, we have rent, we have this comfort of like being in this placeholder job. So I'm just wondering, Jack, what your advice would be for people who are looking to get out of this placeholder job and transition into something they're passionate and like a career that they really want to be fulfilled by. Yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, we're all, we're all trying to figure out, right? Like what's the balance between having a job and earning an income so that we can have the resources to live the life that that we want while also being rewarded and fulfilled by the life that we're that we're living and so for anyone listening who does have a placeholder job and is kind of feeling you know a little down or maybe stressed about that um you know the first thing i would i would say is just just don't don't worry you know there's nothing wrong with having a placeholder job and I would just invite you know invite the listener to recognize it for the utility that it serves right it provides resources and income allows us to have shelter and food and maybe a little bit of fun here and there um, the trick as you kind of alluded to Shan is ensuring that it's not consuming all of our energy and attention so that we have time and focused attention to give to the things like exploring uh, a true passion career or exploring things that are really truly fulfilling to us um and so i you know i i'm a little hesitant to to give like direct advice but like the invitation is to try to minimize the amount of excess energy that we put into the placeholder job you know if we recognize it for the utility that it's providing then it doesn't need to consume you know 90 percent of our energy right and so if we can find ways to be productive and efficient in that job while preserving our energy so that you know when the, the clock hits five and you know we're we're free to live our lives however we want we've got energy left in the tank to put into our passion project or to, you know, hop on LinkedIn and build our personal brand or go looking for other alternative means. Um, But it does take some level of intentionality to break that cycle, you know, because coming out of college and getting into the workforce as so many of us do, 
we could already have some cyclical habits in place, you know, that could be holding us back. Like, you know, going out every weekend, um, college days, going out every night, you know, and if we have these behaviors and we sustain them after college and into adulthood, you know, time, time goes quickly. And if we're not careful with, you know, managing that energy and paying attention to the ways we're spending our time and our resources, then that placeholder job can very quickly turn into this kind of complacent prison. Right. And I think a lot of us have experienced that. I, I, I know I was in that place for many years and you know, in society's eyes, in my family's eyes, even my friends, like culture, I was doing all the right things. And so I like thought that I should be feeling good. You know, I was in sales, living in San Francisco, making good money, able to afford to go to cool clubs on the weekends, like that's success, right? And I felt horrible inside, you know, um, I just felt horrible. And I wasn't healthy. And so, you know, hopefully the listeners who, who are maybe considering that, you know, they're currently in that placeholder job, let my tale be a, a tale of warning <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to not let it go on too long and be willing to take a, a good, hard look at, you know, the job you're engaged in what it's what it demands of you and if it if you're able to have enough of your true self left over at the end of each day to put into something that that you do really care about and if that isn't that if that's not the case you know it's probably time to take a take a hard approach and take some massive action to start to to try to create some changes there yeah yeah and i've Oh, go ahead, Paige. Oh, I was going to say, I think that goes back as well to like the habits that you listed before. Like I was going to say, if there's something that you could tell the listener of like baby steps on how to start making or thinking about this change, I think going back to like the habits of what you do every morning and every day are really helpful that that's something someone could start to implement to really spend more time with themselves. And then from there, they can see what passions come to mind. And like for you, Jack, I think travel, yoga, meditation was a big outlet, Um, but that might not be the same thing for everyone. So I think that time alone, someone can like discover what that might be for them as well. Absolutely. And in that mode of self-discovery and self-realization, you know, I would invite the listener to explore this kind of three-layered approach i guess that has has been really helpful for me and the you know the folks that i coach and even just people who i know um which is like that first step page as you mentioned is taking that quiet time in the morning just to be with yourself and sit and whether you're actively meditating or just sitting quietly like in those moments we don't need to even go searching for the answers just all of the things that excite us and also the things that are bringing us down will just, they'll just show up and to us, you know, they'll just come and reveal themselves to us. Like, like shockingly bright. We'll be like, Whoa, like that's so obvious, you know? 
And then coming out of that space of reflection, um, it's at that point, just an inner dialogue that we're having with ourselves. And so I have found it helpful to kind of remove that inner dialogue and externalize it. And so the way I do that is through journaling. So I'll take some time to just like hand write out some of the things that were coming up during the meditation or coming up during the reflection, just so I could put language to it, make it a little bit more concrete and become a little bit more present. You know, just the practice of handwriting itself is a presencing act. It's an embodied practice. And then from there, we're able to look at it and be like, okay, I have language to kind of describe these things that are coming up, whether they're the things that are distracting me from my sense of happiness and joy, whether they're the visions and dreams that, that I have that inspire me, I can put some words to them. And then the third layer is practicing talking to somebody about that. And for me, I found that a coach is the perfect support system for that because they're an external, you know, kind of third party support system. Their only agenda is your success and your happiness. Um, you know, I'd be a little hesitant to bring this kind of stuff to a friend or a family member because they're, of course, going to have a, an ulterior, ulterior motive and, you know, want to offer advice and they may think they know what's what's best for you. I know I, I project on people all the time that I'm close with because I love them. I care about them and I want to see them happy, but, you know, we need to save ourselves. Um, and so taking that reflective time, putting language to it, and then bringing it into conversation in a safe space can be a really rewarding and effective way to get clear on like, what is true for us? What do we want? How, like, how do we want to move forward from here? Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's so great. And I always, to myself, I always said like a little thing was that I wanted to find a career or a job that I was passionate enough about and enjoyed that I didn't go through every week waiting for it to be the weekend. And that's what I kind of liked about when we were traveling too, is like, I would wake up on a Monday and just never worry about what day of the week it was because I knew that I was just going to be doing things that day that made me happy, which sounds like you did switching your careers, becoming a life coach, kind of realizing um, what you enjoy doing and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Kira. And, you know, in those periods when we're in like that mode of, you know, working abroad, having a lot of reverence and gratitude for those moments, I think helps us, you know, when we return to maybe a more normal way of, of life, you know, helps us remember like what is possible can help us kind of keep the dream alive. Um, so that we don't fall back into a, a place of complacency in our, you know, in our nine to five or our normal job, even if we are working or working from home, like that can be exhausting in itself, you know, and requires energy management and int intentionality as well. Yeah. And I think too, about like working remote versus working from home, um, or working abroad versus working from like home is that there's always like pros and cons to everything. And I think we've experienced that and you've probably felt more recently here since going back to New York. Um, but I'd be interested, Jack, since I know you're also remote and you've traveled. And so I think we all share similar experiences, but in terms of like 
energy and balancing that. And I know you touched upon like the nine to five and we come out of like this American like college drinking culture and then, then like celebrating the weekends. Um, So to people listening that like kind of are in that path right now, how would you suggest people spend their time differently or find other habits that are not necessarily like living for the weekend per se, like you said, Kira. Yeah, so that was always that that's the old way of thinking, right? It's like the the weekend is a break from returning to something that we dread, you know, Sunday scaries, right? It's like, oh, I can't I'm not ready for Monday, you know, the weekend was too short. Mm-hmm. And you know, the new way of thinking or or at least like what we all want for ourselves and more and more people are feeling empowered towards is you know, the weekend is the opportunity to put time and, and attention into things that are equally as rewarding as the work that we do during the week. And if we find that we're living for the weekends, um, being, you know, for before any of the, before we can make like major changes in our, in our life in any way, we need to learn to be at least like 95% honest with ourselves. Being fully authentic, true and honest is hard and doesn't come easily to anybody. Um, Even a life coach, even a yoga doctor, like we all struggle with this as humans. Um, But calling it what it is and not being afraid to say like, hey, I'm not living to my fullest right now. You know, I'm living for the weekends and that's messed up because that's only two days two days out of seven per week that I'm really enjoying myself mm-hmm. like, fuck that like I'm like I need to change I need to change something and things small you know I just help you know we don't need to make all of these massive changes in our lives and start designing a ritualistic system to guide each day you know, right out of the gate, but looking for those small changes or those small attachments that we can let go of to create more space for that, which we really do care about is a good place to start. And so I would just encourage, you know, the listener to think about like, are there things that I'm attached to habits, people, situations, environments that are ultimately just serving as a distraction from my lack of fulfillment in my, you know, in my job, like, you know, going out to drink, which is, you know, kind of inarguably an unhealthy thing to do all of the time. Can I pare that, that down a little bit and create more space in my life for, you know, for something else? Um, and over time, as we bring more awareness to the things that are taking up our time and our unfulfilling letting go of those the more space we'll have to be a little bit more intentional and you know take that clarity that we're cultivating through our you know morning practices and taking time to ourselves and just doing the little things um, they'll start to become more and more clear like how to fill that space in a way that's rewarding and healthy and will ultimately build the momentum to help us escape, you know, escape that nine to five, escape that cyclical way of, of being. Yeah, I really like how you talked about being honest and taking small steps. 
And I feel like some of us might not know how to do that. So maybe you could talk a little bit about like what a life coach is, how to find it, and maybe how some of the viewers and listeners can get in contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. So if I was struggling to, you know, it, I talk to two coaches every week, so I'm a sucker for this stuff. <laughs> but any any time that I'm I'm struggling or feeling like I'm you know not sure like what my next step should be, um, I always go I always go to a coach. And what a coach does is they first of all create and hold a safe space for you to talk about whatever is relevant you know at that time for you, and to ask you questions sometimes challenging sometimes provocative questions to challenge your thinking and to encourage you and empower you to be more self-directed and so like an initial life coaching session would could consist of a lot of questions like you know what is it that you want in your life what are some of the things that are holding you back from getting that what are some small changes you can make today that would allow you to get closer? Um, if, if, you know, I know for a long period of, of my life, I wasn't even clear on what I wanted. So what are some things that you can try just to see if you like them or not? And I know Paige, you've mentioned on the show before the importance of trial and error and, you know, a coach is someone who can support you as you experiment with different things, different habits, different environments, different people, and hold you accountable to the results. And if you find that, hey, I'm having, like, I started doing this new habit where I, you know, do a handstand every morning for 30 seconds and like, really feels good to do an inversion and like, I want to do that every day can hold you accountable to that then like wow that's you know that's 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 like a small little small little shift i had a period where i was doing that so <laughs> it's not it's not the weirdest thing me too actually <laughs> oh, so awesome i think i think also what you've told us is that it's not biased like there's there's no one attached to the results and that's what's really powerful about a life coach it's not like your best friend it's not your parents and they don't they're only they have an outside perspective and I think that's something that is really powerful about having a life coach um yeah like you know Shan your your, your coach would be team Shan all the way you know yeah. and they would have they would have no they would have no ulterior motives they would just want to like help support and you know help you be self-guided and you know, reaching a level of fulfillment that, that you want. So question then for the life coach, <laughs> a favorite mantra, or what would you say your words to live by would be? My favorite mantra is do what you want, but choose wisely. Do what you want, <laughs> but choose wisely. I'm happy to explain a little bit of what that means to me. I'm, but I'm also curious um, if if anyone has any reactions or responses to that. 
I, I like it. I think it can go a lot of different ways. It's a lot. It means a lot. It can mean a lot to a bunch of different, bunch of different ways. But I also think that, um, you can use your time like productively, passively, or in a relaxing way. And however you use your time, it's your choice. So think of it and with more intention, um, and setting your intention that way. What about you guys? Um, I thought it meant you want, you can make your own choices, but all of those choices might have consequences or benefits. So keep that in mind when you're making your choices. And that's the way I took it. That's kind of how I was taking it too, Shan. Oh, we're in similar (laughs) wavelength. Okay, Jack, you? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think there's truth in all of it. And, um, you know, the way it resonates with me is, um, the same, the same force that organ, the same self-organizing force that puts the universe in place is the same force that compels us as humans to want to be successful in this life. And when we are able to quiet the mind and be, get in touch with our in, uh, creative intuition, we know when we're making a choice that's good for ourselves or not. And like, we know full well when we're fucking up and we do it anyways. We know full well when we're making a healthy choice, you know, even though it's a bit, bit, a bit frustrating. Um, and so from that place of that self-generated universal force coming through us, you know, we really do have the optionality to choose and do whatever we want, but choose wisely be honest with ourselves because we know when we're doing something that aligns with our highest self or when we're falling into a, you know, destructive or, or old habit. I love it. I like that a lot. Good, good word choice. Well, we are coming up to time. So wanted to wrap it up, but I'm sure there's still a lot more to say. Uh, So Jack, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, Jack does offer like life coaching services. We've done his first class, which is amazing. <laughs> um, but how can people get in touch with you uh, if they want to hear more, learn more from you, learn more about your experience? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to share. And I would just say the the easiest way to get in touch today is just on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Jack Rosencrantz. I'm, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. Um, and just feel free to connect with me and shoot me a message there. Um, I share some content, you know, semi-regularly and I'm also revamping, um, my coaching content. So if you connect with me there, you'll be first in line to get all the new materials. I can't wait to share it with you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jack. It's been so fun having you on and for everyone listening next episode is going to be on luck and a teaser is how there's no such thing as luck so we'll see you all next week thanks everyone